The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box, I guess. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. I guess we're Yankee fans. Whatever. This fucking sucks. Horrible. Horrible. You know where we are right now? Right now, you know where we are? The exact same place we were two weeks ago when we did this. We're six and a half games back. We're in fourth place. And I said, listen, you know, we'll win some games here and there. But unless we get on, like, really healthy streaks, all that happens is is the calendar just ticks away, and we run out of days. And guess what? It's not even July 1st, but it's getting late early. I hate being right sometimes. If you go back and listen to our show from last week, everybody else was getting excited. We're back, 5-1, and one, here starts the run. And me and you were like, you know what? No, we were two triple plays away from being 3-3 three and three that week. And everybody else kind of bought in and we didn't. And if there's one thing I hate being right about, it's when the Yankees are doing poorly. Like everything else I love being right about. I love saying I told you so. This is the one time where it's it's just sad that I was right. Listen, do I want – did I want after the past like two weeks the Yankees to just turn it around and people tell me you can't even come to the parade because you gave up on this team? <laughs> yes, because I don't want to go fucking stand in lower Manhattan in November. I don't. If we're being honest, I don't. If there's ever a parade, I'm not going to be there. It's the lowest form of entertainment in the history of the world. Since 1900, there's been better options than a parade. So, but I wanted to be wrong. I wanted people to, you know, oh, you know, fuck you. You were like, fuck it. I'll take it. I'll take that while I'm sitting at playoff games. But it's just not happening. It's not happening. This is not the team. Better to find out now than to have our hearts broken in October, I think. And since last October, I've been whining and crying and screaming about this team's lack of athleticism and lack of speed. And Lindsay Adler wrote a great article in The Athletic today where she had a stat where the Yankees have have taken an extra base on 31% of batted balls. So that's going from first to home on a double. That's scoring from second on a single, anything like that. Taking an extra base instead of the standard. 31%, that is last in the major league. So now we have quantifiable data that says they're the slowest team in the league, that says they're the most unathletic team in the league. And she also noted that if you look at, I guess the metric is feet per second in terms of speed. They have two players that have above average speed, Tyler Wade and Brett Gardner. And neither of them are major league players. They don't have any players that can actually hit the ball that can also run. And it's infuriating. So we're saying 31% of the time when the Yankees have a guy on first, on second, and they get a hit. So we're not counting the times that we hit into a double play. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's like an even smaller sample size. And 31% of the time, we're taking the extra base. 30th out of 30. Yeah, no, I mean you don't you don't win regular season games. You definitely don't win in the playoffs. 
you don't win like that. And I did a, I was on a podcast that came out, I guess like earlier today or yesterday, you know, I recorded on Sunday night, um, a, an angels podcast. I think it's called like talking halos. I think that's what it's called. Um, and you know, I don't know a ton about the angels, but that guy let me know that they bunt, they take the extra base. Otani, you know, bunt, bunted for a single last week. So where that's not us. We're about <laughs> to get all. we're about to see a very bad but athletic team. Yeah, they're going to be running all over us. Look, the Red Sox scored on an infield pop-up sack pop-up fly. The ball that was just beyond first base, Luke, Luke Voigt took probably the worst route I've ever seen to the ball, did a full spin, and then sidearmed a ball like he was throwing a Frisbee and bounced it to home plate, and Raphael Devers scored from third. It's like team, and when you think literally running all over us. When you think of athleticism, you don't think of Raphael Devers. No, or J.D. Martinez, but J.D. Martinez was taking extra bases on us. We, we can't field. We can't do anything. But I think the base running specifically, I think it's a player development issue. Clint doesn't know how to run the bases. Glaber doesn't know how to run through the bases. And Duar, these are guys that came up through our system. It's not like these are guys we traded for. Like, we're supposed to be nurturing and teaching and showing them how to play baseball. And they're clearly not teaching base running in the minor leagues. That's, that's my only conclusion. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's so depressing to hear it when it's like an actual stat. Like, yeah, I mean, it's everything you said. We're an unathletic team. It's it's painfully obvious, and the thing is, they're not hitting enough home runs to make up for that. And Brian Cashman, if you look at his track record, he's never valued speed. He's never valued athleticism. Like when we lost, go back to two thousand two or two thousand five when we lost to the Angels in the DS. I'm talking twenty years ago. Those teams were way faster and way more athletic than us. Every team that eliminates us is faster and more athletic. And Cashman sat in this chair. We've talked about it for close to twenty five years, and we've never really had a quicker and athletic team. Like he just doesn't value it. And that's, it's concerning. And I'm kind of just realizing this all at once, but he just doesn't care about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we'll talk more about it, but I think you know, Cashman's got to be gone. Has to be, has to be. Um, yeah. did, you, did you have another stat? For yeah, us? I got one more for you. You're going to like this one. Uh, Aaron judge OPS with the base is empty. 961. Aaron Judge OPS with runners on 781. So for the people that say clutch doesn't matter, it all evens out. There's you know runners and no, he's a way better. He's essentially an MVP with the bases empty and a league average player with runners on. I've been saying since 2019 that, or maybe even 2018, that he's not a clutch player, and I don't have to look at stats. I mean, it's been. Really harped on, I'd say, the last you know year and a half that he doesn't have you know, a walk-off or you know go-ahead hit in the ninth inning, whatever it may be. Um, I don't need to look at stats. I watch the games. I just know that if he comes up in a big spot like that, I mean, we're getting a double play. Like... <laughs> It's sad because when he, I think it was Saturday night, he came up as the go ahead run. They were down 4 2. And, you know, home run would have given them the lead, double would have tied it. And you just knew there was no chance. Like, I was at a bachelor party and everybody was watching the game and kind of looking towards me. I'm the Yankee guy there and like, oh, you know, this is your guy, big spot. And I'm just like, there's, there's no way. And he struck out. And it's just like, you know what's going to happen. That's the sad part. It's, it's like, there's not even a thought that he's going to come through here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just not. I mean, I've been going back and forth with people on Twitter all day. And if you want to, can I just go into my shit now? Yeah, let's do it. I'm just going to go into my now. shit. Yeah, let's do it. If you think that you can just say your prayers and take your vitamins and believe in your heroes and this is all going to work out and, you know, there's 80-something games left and they're only <laughs> six and a half games back and they're the Yankees and they've got the laundry that we like – Here's my message to you. Grow the fuck up. All right? I'm talking now. Listen, if you're not grown up, grow the fuck I got one idiot going back and forth with me here. Uh, Urash. I can't, I can't pronounce his name. But, like, I look at his bio, and it says, like, future dentist. Guess what? Unless you're old enough to already be a dentist, don't fucking tell me about what Brian Cashman has done in his career. Because I've been around watching it. I've got the Danny Tartable pogs from watching these fucking shitbag teams in the 90s, and that's what I'm watching now. 
all these guys are just fucking Mel Hall. They've got a sweet Jerry curl. They look cool, but they stink. So this is it. It's very simple how we turn around the Yankees, okay? Aaron Boone, gone. You don't got to fire him today, but at the end of this season, you just simply, we're just going to go in a different direction. I think it's more than fair. I, I've came up with a new stat today that's, good, that's for <laughs> <Sorry>. managers, <laughs> which is whack. Wins above chimp. A chimp could have managed the 2018 Yankees, which is a team that in 2017 was one game away from the World Series. So we're taking a team that's one game from the World Series, adding the NL MVP to that. And I'm saying that a chimpanzee from the Bronx Zoo on some kind of work release program (laughs) could win 90 games with that team. Easily. And so he won 100 games, and so his whack was 10. So I'm just comparing (laughs) managers to chimpanzees at this point. And I don't care if he won 100 games and 103 games. I don't, I don't care if he's 90 games over 500 in the regular season as a manager. I don't care about the first 162 games. I care about the 11 or 12 wins we need after that. The first 100 don't fucking matter to me because a chimp can get them for me. Now, you don't want to fire him midseason. I get that. Don't fire him midseason because there are a lot of other things at play. There's a collective bargaining agreement coming up. So, like, you're not going to go out. You're not going to be the first guy, the first team to get a manager. We're not going to bring in a long-term replacement midway through a season on an expiring collective bargaining agreement. And with all the money we're trying to save, it wouldn't make sense to bump anyone up into that role. And I feel like it was just a couple weeks ago. People were like, we got to get rid of Boone and give Phil Nevin a shot. Okay, look at that the last week. Fucking MAGA (laughs) Phil. Get the fuck out of here. You know, I'm tired of hearing about Phil Nevin. All right. We had Jeter. I don't even like him coaching on the team. Give me Larry Bow at third base. I liked him. He was at least drunk half the time, I think. So Boone, you let him expire. Now, I believe it is time to move on from Brian Cashman. What do you think, Nick? Do you are you at that point? Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. Give me some new blood. Brian Cashman is a swell guy. Right. He's a nice guy. He was a general manager from 1998 until now. He was an assistant GM. He played parts in us winning in 1996. He was a GM for 98, 99, 2000, 2009. I think that's great. But fun fact. And Dan, I might need you to stat check this for me. Fact check me here. But I believe that 2009 was 12 years ago. I believe that's correct, right? So, so that's a long time. That's, that's a really long time. Like, I still recreationally did drugs when the Yankees last won a World Series. Now I'm a father. Big difference. Times changed. The game's changed. Brian Cashman... We all have this childlike wonder for him because, like, he's been the guy. He's been the constant who's been there, especially after George died. It became, like, you know, obviously that's the face that we see all the time. Yes, absolutely. What has Brian Cashman done aside from go out and get the best free agent with the most money in the biggest market a couple of times? I mean, I feel like a chimp might be able to do that. I feel like if I send a monkey – with a bag of cash in a backpack to CC Sabathia's house, and the monkey was also wearing a T-shirt that said "Property of the Bronx Zoo." I feel like we still get CC, and he gets the message. He gets what's going on there. We have really? not, de- yeah, we haven't developed a pitcher since Andy Pettit, and a couple people have said Luis Severino, and I said, "Who is that?" Because that guy hasn't been on a roster in like two years. He had one half of a good season. Jordan Montgomery. Stinks. Oh, God. Oh, God. Domingo Herman is a serviceable four or five major league starter when he's not smacking women in public. He didn't even do it at home. He did it in public like a fucking – it's all so stupid. So don't say any of those guys, right? He 
had the opportunity. It came down to him or Girardi. We went with him. I think it was the right move. It just hasn't worked out. I don't think we're in a better position if we had a different GM and we had Girardi right now. He had the opportunity to rebuild this entire franchise in his eyes as he wanted. And he got to do that. And he got us the number one farm system on paper. We don't play the games on paper. On grass, it's a pile of dog shit right now. And for those two reasons, and I'll pause so because it's not a one-man show. I know I'm getting fired up here. <laughs> no, I love it. But I, it's just time to change. We need to change it. We need, to, we need new blood. Can't argue with any of that. New blood is the key. And and I, the thing I hate is on Twitter, it's like, well, if you fire Cashman, who are you replacing with? If you fire Boone, who do you replace with? I don't fucking know. Somebody else. Somebody with a new voice. Cashman, and I've said it on here a million times, it's like his last name is Steinbrenner with the job security that he has having been here since 1986. Think about that. He's been here for like 40 years. He's been yeah. here forever. So you, he's got too much job security. He, he's way too conservative with that. They just need a new voice, somebody that comes in and values maybe having a left-handed hitter, somebody that comes in maybe val- values developing starting pitching, athleticism, speed, all the stuff we talked about. This this right-handed, slow, stagnant, station-to-station lineup is not the answer. And it is painfully obvious when they play the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox, how much more athletic and how much more smarter. And they're just they're just way better at baseball. Like, let's just dumb it down. We're a fourth-place team. The three teams ahead of us are way better. They just are. We're not better than the Blue Jays. We are who we are. You're a, like, water finds its level. Guess what? This is our level. This is what we are. We are a bad, unathletic team that can't stay healthy. And so because of those... If Cashman wants to do the right thing, who knows? Maybe it gets him another year. I don't know. I don't know what his contract is. I believe he has like another year on his contract. I don't think they're up at the same time. He should do the right thing. He should be a captain that, you know, how they say the captain goes down with his ship. Yes, the captain goes down with the ship, but he gets all the people off the boat. Get us off the boat, Brian. And that is why we have to trade. Araldus Chapman, we are going to pay a closer $18 million next year. <laughs> We're a fourth place team. The Pirates don't have an $18 million. They don't have an $18 million roster, but they don't have an $18 million closer. It makes no sense for us to shell out the rest of the money this season and the money for next season if we aren't going to be in contention. And we're not in contention. We could flip him, and I don't know who to because I haven't gone through it all. And there's still a lot that's going to take shape over the next you know, couple weeks for teams and injuries and things like that that hopefully are not our injuries. But we are going to see a market develop. Someone's going to need an extra arm. And we can dump $18 million of salary. What we get back in return, are we going to get another Glaber? No. No one's falling for that again. You don't have to win every trade based on who you get back. Sometimes the win is who you let go. And so letting him go and getting anything back, but getting $18 million in relief would be huge. And if we don't have the lead in the ninth inning, we definitely didn't have it in the eighth inning. So why would we pay Zach Britton Fourteen million dollars next year. Now I know he he's can't stay on the field either. Can't, can't stay on the play. Field. That's the biggest thing. That's really gonna really gonna hurt us. Um. So if we can get him to be on the field long enough, and some team needs another arm, and they'll take on the salary. Like you're not getting anything huge for a guy that's been on the IL a couple of times this year. But if we can get fourteen million dollars in relief, that's huge for us. So I've now just saved the Yankees $32 million, right, in two moves, which just frees up our eighth and ninth inning. That's just the eighth and ninth inning. That's all that is, is the eighth and ninth inning. That's how much money we're spending there. So now you got to keep going. You've got to trade Aaron Judge. Now, Aaron Judge will actually get us something in return. Aaron Judge makes a little more than $10 million this year. Arbitration, he's having a 
aside from the clutch part, he's having a you know a pretty good year. He's staying on the field. The odds of him doing that again are low. Zero. Zero. Low. He's this is it. staying this is healthy. Yes. This is the peak. Yeah, this is the peak. We could trade him to the Padres and get substantial prospects back while not paying an arbitration number of probably $15 million. Oh, how do you trade him? The judges' chambers. That's marketing. Who gives a shit? Let the marketing department figure that out. Brian Cashman shouldn't be thinking about that. If you know, you look at the Red Sox, the first place Boston Red Sox, how could they ever trade Mookie Betts? How could they? They'd never be in contention again. They're in first place. And he's better than Judge, objectively. Yes. Well, yeah, because he won an MVP award. And there were no injury con- – yeah, there were no injury concerns about yeah. him either. There were never any issues with him yeah. staying on the field. But yeah, one year you're not going to get too much. But with one and a half years, again, another team gets two pennant runs with Judge. He's never going to be this healthy, man. He hasn't been this healthy in three years. He hasn't made it through a half season in three years. I mean this is it. I totally agree with you. I know it started off as almost – I don't know if you'd admit this, but it's probably a little bit of a joke. But now it's dead fucking serious trading Judge. So like when I started the whole like we should trade Judge thing – I was serious about it because I was worried about the commitment in the future. Like I was just – it was it was closer to a Chapman-type trade of let's just – let's get this potential off the books. Maybe we'll get some prospects back, but this isn't the guy. To like this is – this is a franchise, like future-changing possible move to trade Aaron Judge with the season he's having right now to a team like the Padres who that window isn't going to stay open for forever because, yes, they – Signed Tatis long-term. They've signed Machado long-term. They went and got Clevenger. But guess what? I've seen the Marlins do this before. You go for a run and you sell off. I don't know how long the city of San Diego is going to – like. there's a lot to do in San Diego. Going to baseball games isn't always the most fun part of San Diego. (laughs) No. No, it's pretty far down on the list. I think you got three California teams, them, the Athletics, and the Giants that, that could all be in play. I'm listening on everybody, and you mentioned Zach Britton. This motherfucker is out of shape. He strains his hamstring jogging after a ground ball, and then he refuses an MRI. Like, fuck you, dude. Who the fuck are you? And the Yankees have a cultural problem. Look, Seve refused the MRI two years ago. Now Britain's refused the MRI. Like, fuck you guys, man. Who are you? What have you ever won to refuse an MRI? I just like the arrogance is mind-blowing. That's the other thing. Like, MRIs aren't necessarily fun because they take like an hour of your time and you got to find time to get off of work and all that stuff. But that's if you're a normal person. If your boss tells you, go get an MRI. Like, who the fuck is in charge? Yeah, who exactly. Who's in charge? They're so Great. coddled, man. You don't want to get an MRI? Good. I'm fining you $10,000 a day until you do. There's got to be something that, that you can do. Yeah, they can't just refuse it. If you're on the IL, it, it makes no sense. And and Britain especially, the guy misses the first, uh, whatever, 60 games of the year. He comes back for a week, and he's out of shape, and he slips. and he Dude, you have no leg to stand on. You think Chad Green or Araldus Chapman is going to slip and hurt their hamstring? No, they're in shape. Zach Britton is not like, dude, you, I just, oh, man, that's, that was infuriating when I saw When that. I and saw was, that come across Twitter that he refused the MRI, I was just like, oh, my God, Nick is somewhere punching a hole in a wall. Who, like, who are these guys? Like, we talk about it all the time, how these guys haven't won shit, but they act like they have. That is the cultural problem the Yankees have. They have a bunch of guys that haven't won shit but think they have. These guys all think they're Roger Clemens. They're not even David Justice. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's depressing. And then the one guy that we've been counting on, the one guy that's been showing up, Cole gets gets absolutely shelled. Well, wait, I'm not done training people yet. Okay, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> okay, who's next? Gary Sanchez. Stock's pretty high. Gary Sanchez's right stock now. is as high as it has ever been besides like 2016, maybe 2017. But his stock is as high as it is ever going to be. He is... Gary Sanchez is a phenomenal hitting catcher. If he was a first baseman, his numbers would not be as good as they are. Like, if I just said, hey, here are these numbers. He's your first baseman. Not that good. Yeah, well, it's good. It. It's still good. But he's not, you know, otherworldly no, like he is as a yeah. catcher. Yeah. Defensively, he is the worst or near the bottom every year of defensive metrics. So if his value is that, Oh, he's really he's a really good hitter at a position that he's bad at. What is the real value there? 
Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I'm just a big Gary guy, and I, I can't really get behind that. And I really am all about you know him him coming back this year, and he looks great. Um, he's still only 28. I, I wouldn't be against signing him to a three or four year deal after you know after he hits free agency. But look, that I, is I'm willing to listen on everybody. So stupid. How you're going to give Gary Sanchez a three or four? 28. He can't. 28 years old. So how old are you? 28. You're just about as good behind the plate as he is. <laughs> You both stink at catching at the major league level. What about trade Voight? Let him get reps at first. Voight never plays. But the odds of Gary Sanchez staying as hot as he had. We haven't seen him this hot in years. I mean, we're talking like four years. He snuck into an all-star game a couple of years ago with a good first half. But like he hasn't been. And also, when we're talking about him being good, we're talking about 23 games. Yeah, really good run, three-week run or whatever. I got you. Yeah. In a he's, month. My point is he's not the first guy that I want to get rid of. Like, Britton and Chapman are easily the first two. I'm listening on Glaber. I'm listening on Antuhar. I'm, I'm listening on all these guys, but I'm not actively trying to get rid Gary of Gary. I don't want to see Higgy value. every day. Dude, Higgy. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't day. matter. Let's see Higgy every day for the rest of the season. Who gives a fuck? The season's over. We're not watching. We're having a hot girl summer. <laughs> We're in the pool. We're having drinks. Right? Margaritas and senoritas. That's what we're doing, Nick. It's a hot girl <laughs> summer, baby. I'd, I'd try to trade Voight before I trade Gary. I just, I don't know what the value is for Voight right now. He just led the league in homers. At, I don't know. Maybe Dude, people buy that. I know it was a that. <laughs> get the fuck out of here with that. Like, yeah, let Voight put together. Voight came back, had a hot first week back. Put together three more of those weeks and let's fucking trade him too. I'm, I'm down. Look, I'm down to listen on everybody. Like, except in 2016, Cole. we sold, right? We traded Chapman. We traded Miller. We traded Beltron. We traded McCann. We, we let Alex Rodriguez go, right? And to look forward to, we said, well, we've got this Sanchez kid who's knocking the shit out of the ball. We got a peek at Judge. He looks good. We've got uh, Tyler Austin Looked kind of all right. We got some looks at Seve. He wasn't so great as a starter, but in the bullpen, he showed a lot of promise. You give him a full offseason of work. You know, hey, this is going to turn around. There is nothing to look forward to right now. Nothing. Yeah, we don't we don't have that. We have one sick minor leaguer, and he's 18 and years away. And not, <laughs> we have play, and not playing in the minor leagues yet. He played his first game today. Oh, 0 okay. for 2. 0 for 2? <laughs> yeah, Damn. with a walk. We wanted to put him in center field last week. I think he might be better than Gardner even. He even might now. be. And, you know, I think we just get hung up on these these guys. And another problem with our fan base is a guy will have a hot week in AAA. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry, Chris Gittens isn't facing AA players in the eighth inning of a spring training game now when you're facing the fucking Blue Jays. Hoy Park is the uh, is the latest. Or Trey Ambergie or Ambugie. I can't even say yeah. his name. But, yeah, there's all, all two guys. guys. All these guys that if they went, you know, they're in 0 for 4 away from getting booed out of the building and, and ruining their development. But guess what? If their development was so good, we wouldn't hear about them out of nowhere. Like, we didn't win World Series in the 90s because of Shane Spencer. It was a fun, uh, it was a fun September. Yes. I enjoyed watching that. But that's not what got us there. We're already no. 10 games up. No. And speaking of the farm system, everybody with these bullshit trade proposals, Keto Marte, Starling Marte, we need this piece, Joey Gallo, they are not one piece away from doing anything, trading whatever little prospects we have left that are good for some marginal piece to go from 82 to 84 wins would be the stupidest fucking thing they can do. Take those bullshit trade proposals and stick them up your ass. I am so sick of seeing those all over Twitter. Yeah, we the little bit of farm system we have Will not command a ton back. And yeah, Joey Gallo doesn't, like, unless they start adding, like, eight-run home runs, we got nothing. They are, like, five moves away from being a championship team. If you think they're a move away from being a championship team, you're a fucking idiot. Like, like they have serious player development, serious deep-seated structural issues. This is not, they're not a piece away. Like, if, if you can't see that, I don't know what to tell you. We need a center fielder, two starters, Maybe a third starter and a, and a shortstop. A left field and a left fielder. Yeah. We're getting nothing. 
asking out a left. We we had over the weekend they had Clinton right and Andujar and left. Those are those are neither of them are outfielders. Neither of them have a position. If if we're being honest, it's pathetic. And then they have Gardner in center, who is just done. They have one legitimate outfielder in Judge, and when he plays, it's pathetic for all the hype about how great this outfield was going to be. But man, to see guys like Torres and Frazier that we got in 2016 that just haven't gotten better. Like, they haven't gotten better at all. Look at Juan Soto and Ronald Acuna. They came up at the same time as Glaber, and they're they're dominating, getting MVP votes. And then look at Glaber, and look at Clint. Like, we're falling behind in player development, and that's what freaks me out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Want to hear something depressing? Sure. He's only got 56 at-bats. But Rob Refschneider's batting 321. <laughs> we played him earlier in the year, and I can't even remember what. He's in Minnesota. I didn't know. I was uh, like, this okay. guy's still in the league? Good for him. That is so fucking sad. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they, can't, they can't develop, man. They, they have serious, serious issues. They're, they're, not, they're not a piece away. And I did want to touch on – I know we don't really recap series, but I wanted to go back to Boone – and the Wednesday night game where he came out and asked Aroldis Chapman if he wanted to pitch to Carlos Santana. Chapman's an alpha dog, hyper competitor. Of course, he said yes. Boone nods his head, says okay, walks back to the dugout. 45 seconds later, like, like a chicken with ADD, he, he changes his mind and, and decides to walk him. Of course, it doesn't work out. Chapman freaks out, slams his glove, and I don't blame him. Like that epitomizes – Boone is a manager, indecisive, can't make the right decision. Uh, like, what the fuck was that? I mean, that's that's a guy who's going to lose his job. Like, that's like, you know, if I was on the fence, if anyone was on the fence and that doesn't push you over, like, nothing's going to. And people just get fucking attached to these guys like they're here. These are just people who do a fucking job just like everyone else. There's no Not heroes. That well either. Heroes don't exist. Heroes aren't real. Heroes are in comic books. You're a hero when you do it for free. And they're not doing it for free. They're getting paid a lot of money to do a bad job. And we fork out a lot of money to watch them do a bad job. And they'll continue to do a bad job until there are consequences. Consequences have to be stop fucking faking being happy for re- reopening day. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! And how sad was it, Jack, watching it, especially against the Red Sox? Like Alex Cora is running circles around Boone in the dugout. He is twenty times the manager that Boone is, and, and I hate his guts. I think he's a scumbag. I think he's a dickhead. But like, it's it's just so obvious that Boone's not a good manager. He's at best the fourth best manager in the division. Yeah, I mean, who manages the <laughs> Orioles? Brandon Hyde. Who knows? He might have some fight in him. Like, <laughs> I mean, Aaron Boone goes home every night and calls his family back in Arizona. It's like, don't worry, I'll be back soon. You know, like this is he knows, you yeah. know, when it's over. And how about for the next time? How about we hire a guy that's coached or managed at any level? Like, don't bring another guy out of the broadcast booth. How about some experience? How well, about that? What if we got Beltron? That's what people say. Like, what if we got a guy who won one World Series? While cheating, he <laughs> played for over. He played a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's been Dan just hit us with like, there's been a lot of David. I love David Cohn. Get David Cohn in the dugout as maybe a bench coach or pitching coach. You know, I, I don't know that he's been hands on enough that I'd want okay. him as a pitching coach. Okay. But you're right. It'd be good to just have him around. And I want all these guys gone. All of Boone's minions, Carlos Mendoza, Phil Nevin, all these guys. Like it, It's clearly – it's just get, get them all out of there. Keep Matt Blake. He's been okay. Hey, you know, you've got – we've given him dog shit to work with. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he can help be, you know, that like guide into the new era of baseball. I mean, yeah, if you want to get rid of like, listen, I'm not super attached to him, but I'm just, you know, I think that there's still potential there in, in Matt Blake. No, I think you're right. Although on the flip side, like has Montgomery or Herman or any of these guys, are they really, have you noticed them getting better under him? Cause I, I, really I mean, I don't know what happened with Herman when we set him down to Scranton and how much, you know, that Matt Blake a played bit, a role in that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think we brought Matt Blake in, he got these guys for a little bit. Then, you know, COVID break, COVID season, this off season and spring training was like kind of, you know, it was kind of weird. So I'd be willing to give him more of a try because it's also it's not like, hey, we're right there. And if we don't win the World Series, it's going to be because of Matt Blake in 2022. No, you're right. And and he's he's a little bit newer and hasn't been with Boone the whole time. So he's not part of Boone's like little crew that he brought in. So. Yeah, and I don't think Boone even necessarily picked him. No, oh, he definitely, Cashman picked him. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Boone doesn't decide anything. He doesn't make any decisions. So, I mean, I think, you know, that like that's a starting point. I think those trades, and I even figure out what Gary makes. I think he makes like $6 million this year, and if he has a good season, you know, he could get up to that like $9, $10 million a year. I mean, we're talking about saving 50 to $60 million dollars to be able to spend next year. And then you add in Kluber comes off the books. Like now you're really freeing up money to actually be able to try to make educated choices and, you know, not just throw $70 million at Hicks. <laughs> Corey Seager is my educated choice, which I've said a bunch of times, a guy that they need a left-hander gold glove shortstop that, actually hits and plays and does everything yeah. we want to see Run, runs the bases you know what a concept i mean i'd listen i'd listen to glaber i'd like to see glaber get more athletic get quicker you know whatever i mean i'd like to see him play better baseball he's he kind of stinks right now but if we could move voight and you have an infield of geo um seager glaber and dj you have a pretty good infield. You have obviously a defensive hole at second base, but you know if he can actually hit and isn't worried about being the shortstop of the Yankees, I think maybe some things change. I want to ask you about Glaber. Yep, twenty nineteen he hit thirty eight homers. Yeah, knew that and was a mistake. Hit, he's hit six since then, three in twenty twenty and three this year, I believe. What happened to his power? Do you think he's on steroids? I don't know when they talk about the ball, but the ball doesn't explain that big of like that is yeah. massive. Yeah. You're talking about a 40 home run guy that just doesn't hit them anymore. Like, I don't understand. I mean, I think the ball was definitely juiced. I think we were playing on like fun, borrowed time. You know, you play looser when when it's going well, it goes well. And when you're not necessarily supposed to be like deep in, con, you know, contention, you're not supposed to 
you know, fully be there yet and you just start playing well and, and things take off for you, I think it snowballs the same way it's snowballing in the opposite direction because Glaber is, um, you know, he's hitting 242, but it's the worst 242 I've ever seen. And defensively, I mean, these some of these throws this weekend. What oh the fuck God. are we doing here? Where's Chuck Knobloch? <laughs> their, their defense was so it was so embarrassing. And I don't know what was worse, Glaber's throws or or the Red Sox scoring from thir- tagging up on an infield pop up. Like that was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen on a baseball field. And that made it two nothing. But I was like, oh, this game's over. And and think about it, the Yankees, Boone, or any of our runners would never have the you know foresight or whatever to do that to tag up on it but the red sox know what they're doing yeah they're out there they're hustling score on a pop-up to the infield we didn't score on a pop-up until (laughs) mid-may we didn't have a sack fly until mid-may yeah you're right you're right god damn it's horrible and all and you know a little told you so all the people we started 611 me and you were freaking out talking about big problems everyone's like small sample size small sample size where are you where's the small sample size crowd because guess what we're halfway through the season they still fucking suck and listen i was the big like listen i don't get worried in february march april you know and that's just because i'm not gonna let these guys ruin my spring i'm certainly not gonna let them ruin my summer and look, I mean, listen, Clint is lost, and Duhar start off high. It just we can't, you can't win a World Series, you can't be, uh, you know, a competitive team if all you do is rely on just playing the hot hand. Like I don't need Gary Sanchez to be as hot as he's been the last twenty three games. I need him to be somewhere in between for one hundred and sixty two games. You're right, exactly right. They hit way too many ground balls. That's why they hit into all these double plays. They are a bunch of slow right-handed hitters that hit ground balls. Like, it's not a coincidence that they're grounding into all these double plays. Like, they're almost built to ground into double plays. Yeah, when they when they need, when they're slumping, they're due. When they're playing hot, it's never going to cool down. Our fan base just doesn't understand. Like, find the middle, have a couple peaks, a couple valleys. But it just can't be up, down, up, down. Because right now, Gary Sanchez would be a great trade piece. In two weeks, he could have no value. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's this not a lot of guy. catching out there. No, exactly. There's no depth. I mean, we got a couple of guys. I'm not going to do the farm system thing. But like Austin Wells, I think Anthony Siegler, those are decent catching prospects. None of them will be ready till 2023. And there's not really much on the market that's going to come out. Like Buster Posey will be a free agent, but he's not going anywhere. No, no. So he's probably kind of old at this point, anyway. Yeah, and you know it's. I mean, we're sitting at two point three million dollars under the luxury tax, in fourth place. You, there's no reason to go over based on what this team is doing. I know we talked a little bit on Twitter to say let's have a three hundred million dollar payrolls. Absurd. That's bad business. That's how you with seven with seven hundred million in revenue a year. Do you think that's bad business? Yeah, because you're gonna get that because you're gonna get that seven hundred million in revenue if you win eighty four games or you win one hundred and four games. But if you win the World Series, guess how many t shirts and hats and memorabilia you can sell? You're gonna make a lot of it back there. It goes into a pool that's split up amongst the teams merchandise. Yes, you make more money, but you don't make like hundreds of millions of dollars. You don't make the the luxury tax. You're paying $3 for every $1 over. Do you think it's a coincidence that the Red Sox and Dodgers have both won recently by blasting over the luxury tax? But they were close. to help, right? They were close. No, no, I don't think this year is the year to do it, but I think in general oh, yeah. it makes yeah. – Just this like, team is helps. not the team. This team's not the team to, to do it for. You know, in if we were one game away from the World Series and there's a big piece out there and we're one piece away, you go do it. But even the times that we've made it to the ALCS, we weren't one piece away. We were (laughs) there were four pitchers away. Yeah, we've been three pitchers away for four years. It's so sad. I will say, though, I agree with you now that today on June 29th, they're not they're not a piece away. But if you go back to the offseason and, you know, that just just to stay under it and they didn't pursue Bauer, they didn't pursue Springer like they didn't want to play. At the Bauer would have been a terrible fit in New York. 
Could you imagine the fucking nightmare? Because he's not having a great season. He's doing his vlog. He's starting his media company. The distraction, maybe, I mean, maybe we're a, a third place team then. And we have all these fucking distractions. Him and Cole, do they hate each other? Do they not? What was that? Look? I mean, Gary hit a pinch hit home run. And everyone analyzed what Cole's face looked like in the dugout. <laughs> Cole know, and Bauer have a blood rivalry. You're right on Bauer, but there are other guys like Michael Brantley or whoever that really could have helped the team. And the Yankees, you know, after going all in on Cole in the middle of a championship window, they made a conscious effort to stay under, and that's fine. I still think most of the blame falls under Cashman. Like, I think it's 75% Cashman, 25% Hal. Like, that's where I'm at in terms of, is it Cashman's fault? Is it Hal's fault? Do I think Cashman could do a better job under 205? Absolutely. Do I think that Hal could go up to 250, 275, push 300? Also, yes. That's where I'm at. Yeah, but so the problem is when you get those, when you get that extra piece, when you decide like here's our our next piece, and it's a forty million dollar a year pitcher like Bauer, right? And I know we said Bauer's uh, not a good like cultural fit, but let's say that's it. You are one rolled ankle away from forty million dollars on the IL. You want to diversify? Yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, you got it. Like we've got so much money hung up in these big players that are available one inning per day, never three days in a row, only when we're ahead. And I get the value of having a great closer. I get the value of having a great bullpen. We had Mariano Rivera for so long. I think we, you know, to a certain extent as fans, we kind of took that for granted. But – he was still, you know, he'd do the occasional eighth inning too. But he was only pitching the ninth inning. You've got to be able to find value in guys in the bullpen. And it looks like Loisica has come along finally. We thought we had another thing from 2016. We had Betances. We were building this like great bullpen. Now we're maybe trying to build a bullpen around Loisica. No, it's sad. And you know what's really sad is Chapman makes $18 million a year. I would be willing to bet that the entire Rays bullpen makes less than that. And they have eight, nine guys that are just total lockdown. They all throw 100 miles an hour. And we can't find those guys, so we have to pay for the Chapmans. We have to pay for the Britons because we can't develop our own. It's, it's very simple. It's not rocket science here. It's like we do all of our scouting on the Sports Center top 10. Like, that's the only <laughs> way we find out about players. Like if you don't have a top 10 play, Brian Cashman doesn't know about you. It is sad. And it's really sad with the race specifically with how much little, how little resources they have compared to us and how much more they get out of everybody. Like it's insane. It's insane how inefficient the Yankees are given their resources and the results that come from it. I'd like if the Yankees would develop some relievers and I'm not talking they stink as starters and then become yeah. a reliever like Patances. Like, let's not give them four major league starts to figure it out. Let's just take some of these guys and say, like, we're going to make you a fucking outrageous one, two inning guy. And if they say and their agents go, well, you know, the value down the left is good. Well, you're not good at baseball. Just start telling guys they're not good. Treat every conversation like it's an arbitration hearing. Let's get honest with people about their ability and see how that makes them feel. Yeah, the coddling, the coddling clearly isn't working. The, the players, coach, the nice guy mentality, that, that's clearly not working. But you brought up a great point with the failed starters. People forget Chad Green was a failed starter in 2016. He was a starter and he was horrible. They made him into a reliever and he was great. Loisica, same thing. But yes, they don't, they don't develop relievers from scratch, if you will. Yeah, I'd like to see us do that. I think that might help us at some point because we can't just keep chasing, like, who's going to be the best, you know, who's going to be the, the best closer on the free agent market and let's bid against ourselves. Yeah, totally, totally inefficient there. Michael King on a Monday night against the angels coming off a red Sox sweep. Have you ever been less motivated to watch the game <laughs> than tonight? I mean, here's what's going to happen tonight, right? And the game hasn't started yet. It's six twenty as I'm saying this, we're probably going to win this game. Like, Nine three eight three something like that because we're facing Dylan Bundy and he fucking sucks. He's horrible. Yeah, he's got like a nine ERA at Yankee Stadium. And this is what will happen. King will maybe have like a decent start. He'll give up three runs over four and two thirds, <laughs> and we'll go hammer time on Bundy and the bullpen. 
and a bunch of people will be in my mentions telling me I was fucking wrong about everything. Um, and then, well, maybe when I think we get three or four from the Angels, and one thing that's worked out in our benefit is apparently DeGrom starting on Thursday. So we don't have Cole and DeGrom on Friday night. So we're going to get our dicks kicked in by like some dude named like Steven, like some dude just off the street for them. We won't know who the fuck he is. We'll get our asses kicked. It'll be even more embarrassing. And you know what's sad about you mentioned Friday night. I'm going to get and probably get a half day at work because of Fourth of July holiday. Yeah. Cole's pitching. If you would have told me in, in March that, you know, I'd have an opportunity with a half day Friday and Cole on the mound and nothing to do all weekend that and, and then I wouldn't want to go to that game. Because the team sucks so bad. I wouldn't believe you. I was looking all weekend. Give me a reason to buy a ticket Friday night. Dude, Give I, me anything. I could feel you trying to like muster my will to go. <laughs> and like, I'd be like, oh, well, huh, we got a guy on base. Nope. Luckily, I mean, we're down in the first inning of every game. So I'm just like, all right, well, I'm not going to have to drive. Because I listen, I want to be wrong. I wanted to be wrong. I wanted to have to. Convince my wife that it makes sense on a 4th of July weekend Friday to drive up to the Bronx and fucking sit in that traffic. Honestly, if you're thinking about going to those games, I don't know. Don't. Go to go to the beach. It's supposed to rain all weekend, so maybe we got that going for us. Classic. It rained all Memorial Day weekend, too. But now they've had so many. You know, you look at all the low points. Swept by the Tigers. Swept by the Red Sox at home. Swept by the Red Sox on the road. Swept by the Phillies. Like, it's it's too much of a sample size at this point. It, it's too obvious that they're not good enough. Like, you're supposed to have maybe one of those low points throughout the whole year, and they've already had four of them. Well, like, How many times can we get swept? People like to point out, like, well, you know, it's not over. There's 80, Yeah, mathematically, it's not over. But, I mean... Use your fucking brain. Mathematically, I still have my NCAA eligibility, so I could kick the game-winning field goal in the national championship. Let's not ignore the fact that I've never kicked a football before because this team's going to go on a 12-game win streak, something they've never done before. And the thing about the, well, there's 85 games left. We don't know what's going to happen. That's fine. But they've already played 77 games, and that those games are in. Like, that day, that date is done. But we, we know do what know what's going to happen because we looked at history. And, like, you have an idea what is going to happen when you've got an 80-game sample size. And it's the same team that we have a 60-game sample size from last year. You're so right. They're gonna they're gonna take three out of four from the Angels. Everybody's gonna be fired up going into Friday night, and they're gonna get embarrassed by the Mets. Yeah, and honestly, if you decide to go to these games and spend your holiday weekend doing that, you congratulations. I'm happy for you because you have the ability to go, and a lot of people don't get to go see the Yankees in person. People probably listen. People listen to this podcast all over the world who don't get to go to a game. Because uh, of geography, financially it's expensive, but like, I mean, it's not a good use of your time or money right now. Put that, put that money in the S and P five hundred. All right, get back ten percent this year. It'll be more exciting. Any anything's more exciting than this. But yeah, and Cole's going Friday. Real quick, I know we're we're kind of coming up on time. Cole got shelled yesterday. Obviously, all the stuff with the sticky stuff. How concerned are you? R.E. him and spider tack and moving forward. Well, I mean, no, so what you said before, like he became the number one overall draft pick, Mm -hmm. not because of sticky stuff. If we level the playing field across all these pitchers and no one's using sticky stuff, uh, you know, spider tack, whatever is like the extreme of it to get the RPMs up, I I think he'll be fine. I think the guy, we've listened to him talk, he, he talks so intelligently about the game that I don't think it was just spider tack that's, like, making things happen for him. Um, it is concerning for, like, the rest of this year, and you worry about things like, like the stuff Glasnow talked about with, like, now I'm changing my grip. So then you worry about injury because, like, the, do you want to fucking lose Cole for the rest of the season and 2022 because – he can't, you know, grip the ball right. Um, and, you know, over all of this stuff, is there even a baseball season next year? Probably not. 
And speaking of the injury thing, at this point with Seve, we're going to be out of it. But just save, just just take the rest of the year off. Just come back next spring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take it off. I mean, what are, you know? Yeah, we'll see him in some garbage time in maybe September. He'll have like one start, three innings. It'll be you know he'll hit like ninety six on the radar gun, and people, we're back. <laughs> the word back, the word back, people, man. It's just. Uh... God, and they're they're gonna see Otani Wednesday, so that's if you're into that. I, I personally don't get all worked up over. I mean, I know it's exciting, and he's changed. People say he's changing the game. It does. I don't care. I, I watch baseball for the Yankees to win. Like players on other teams, that that doesn't get the juices flowing for me. I am no. I'm excited to see him pitch. I'm excited to see him play, just because I at this point in my life I only catch the highlights. So, and I'm not gonna watch him pitch against another team. Oh, uh, never, never. <laughs> so this is it. This is the only time I'm going. Because <laughs> yeah, guess what? I'm not staying up for West Coast games. Are you turning the TV on at 7.05 tonight to watch them? Um, or are you just going to kind of like it, when when you when it's convenient, you'll so, turn it on? Like what is your plan tonight? Here's the thing. I Sometimes I'm there by 7.05. Sometimes I'm not. Lately, the issue is I don't even get to turn the game on because like – 7.05 is about the time, like, we're starting to get the baby ready for bed. I do a lot of, like, I do bath time. So, I was like, I'll throw it on on my phone in the bathroom okay. while I'm doing her yeah. bath and stuff. Nice. And then I've got it on in the living room. So, as I walk through, like, the upstairs has, like, a balcony over the living room. I'm catching oh, nice. it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I strap her in the diaper changing thing sometimes so I could, like, stick my head out the room. To, let's see what's going on. But <laughs> lately, it's, like, before I even get the game on. It's like first thing because here's what I don't like: the MLB app will send you the like push notification like about to start, but it doesn't start for like 20 minutes. So now I've delayed. I like go to put it on later, but I get the next notification I get is that we're down already. So and tonight, listen, it's 90 degrees. I've been away all weekend. Um, my kid probably just got home from daycare. Like now, I'm sitting here in a bathing suit. I'm going directly in my pool. Hot girl summer, babe. So Can't if blame I, you. If I get around to it by 7.05, like, yeah, I'm going to throw it on. Like, I haven't given up, like, watching the games. Like, I enjoy watching the games. I mean, honestly, at 7 o'clock, too, Barstool has this, like, uh, reality, like, it's almost like MTV The Challenge Show that started last yeah, night. Yeah. My friend Kelly is and Like, you know, I know some of the people, but, like, my friend Kelly's in it. I watched the first episode. I found that to be funny, you know, by... By Thursday, I mean it's going to be you know the the finale episode of that. <laughs> the Yankees playing the <laughs> Angels. I don't know who's going to get priority. Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll probably I'll, I'll throw it on, but by if they're down four, if Michael King has them down four or five nothing, they're going on my little TV, and they're coming off the big screen. Oh yeah, I mean I've been rewatching like in the background. I've been rewatching Dexter, and I'm at the season six finale. That's the the Colin Hanks season. Like, okay, I got to get that banged out at some point. Yeah, you know? can't blame you. Can't blame people for not prioritizing every game at this point. No, no. My wife has told some people like, yeah, I think Jack's pretty much like given up on going to games like for right now, and they're like, oh man, he's a bad fan. Give him like eat a dick, dude. Seriously, Seriously. Like, I hate yeah. And people who've never been the double digit games in a season. Like I've I've seen for a, a team that I've given up on, I've seen them play in three cities this year. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'm two and five. I've been to seven games and they're two and five. It's not, it's not motivated. And the two, they're two and zero oh against, or they're two and one against the Orioles, and then they're zero oh and four. The other four games I went to, like, it's I'm not super motivated to, yeah, to buy tickets. It's just like, and it's a trek. It's the hot, shitty part of the summer. Like, I'm still listen. Hey, if anyone out there has tickets for the Sunday of Labor Day weekend in like a suite, I need a suite area. I need an indoor area. I have they have a one o'clock game. I think they're playing Baltimore. I um I have a six o'clock black tie wedding at the Bronx Zoo. I'm trying to do both in the same clothes. So I need an indoor, like, you know, air conditioned because I'm gonna be in a tuxedo at Yankee Stadium. But besides that, like I don't I'll find a game because I gotta get my kid to a game or whatever, but it's just like the excitement of it is like I just have too much other shit going on. Like hanging out at Billy's for seven hours to watch a fucking 500 team just doesn't do it for me. 
Dude, you mentioned the summer. You remember what was it? I think it was two years ago. We went against the Rockies, and it, it was legitimately a hundred degrees. Yeah, people were like it felt fainting. like one hundred five. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? That team was great, and we went because they were in first place, and we had fun. But like that is the difference between like I'm not sitting in a hundred and two degrees for this team like I would for the nineteen team. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's just no. There's no upside. It's like, oh, can I go spend a lot of money? No, I felt bad for Chicken Parm John this weekend, man. Came to, came to, <laughs> bought, moved to Boston, went to those Fenway games, had his grassroots movement of recruiting, and just what a tough debut series for him. Uh, ha- I, do we know how his grassroots recruiting has gone? I, I don't. I don't have an update on that. No, I could ask him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, like, what else happened. I mean, watch, you know, the Yankees could go and rip off fucking a six in one week, and people will say, oh, we're back because we'll only be a couple games back. There's no, the thing is, there's no consistency out of this team. There's no, um, like, there's, no, what's coming back? Maybe Kluber. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has pitched seven games or whatever it is in two years. And that's Se- mid August. Yeah. Seve hasn't pitched in forever. He'll need to build back up, and he's battling two injuries. So it's just like there's no like the. Reinfor- what about Davey Garcia? He's got a ten ERA in AAA. The savior, little Pedro. Is that we what, didn't even talk about him? Yeah, I mean, oh Ryan Lamar is is doing great. Oh, yeah. He's got he's not even on the forty man roster. Like at a certain point with these prospects, people like to talk about like our prospects. If they were good, they'd be in the big leagues. Exactly. You know we have six losing streaks of three games or more this season. Four that of them have been. Sense. Four of them have been in the last month. I, I believe it, dude. They got swept by the fucking Tigers. Like nothing surprised. Once they got swept by the Tigers, who are objectively, I think, the second worst team in baseball. Nothing can surprise me after that. Yeah. I mean. Like, do you even put Stanton in the outfield at this point? Do you even yeah, risk might that? Tear his Achilles and be out for all next year. Yeah, at some point you have to start worrying about like I don't want guys to miss any time or affect next year. Like you get to a point where this year's over, and we're not quite there yet, but it's it's coming. Like uh, that point is definitely coming. It's getting late early. It is getting late early. We're betting two eighteen with runners in scoring position, fourth worst in baseball, second yeah, most double plays. Yeah, the the Astros have 76 double plays. We have 75. But they're at least hitting... They're hitting 60 points higher with runners in scoring position and still hitting in more double plays. We're so bad. And for the analytics people that say, oh, like situational hitting it's not that doesn't mean sacrifice bunting that just means changing your approach depending on what's going on if there's a guy on second trying to hit the ball to the right side so he can advance to third trying to hit a fly ball with a guy on third and lifting the ball the yankees don't do any of that they take the same monster home run swings every single at bat whether it's bases loaded second and third nobody on they there's no semblance of situational hitting and i know the analytics people are like you need to hit homers homers wins games i get that but the yankees don't adjust their approach at all at all and the Astros do and the Rays do and the Red Sox do. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've got a runner on second. You've got to hit the ball to the right side because guess what? The runner on second's going to third anyway, even if the ball's hit right in front of him because we're fucking stupid. <laughs> yes. That's all got I got. Else? I'm going in my yeah. fucking pool. I'm yeah, going swimming. What are you doing this weekend? Nothing? Not, uh, you know, so Saturday, I'm going to see a buddy that's coming in from California. Sunday, I'm going to probably see my parents. And look, I'll be honest. If they if they take three out of four, I'll, I'll probably end up going Friday night. We, we both know it. So Friday's up in the air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah, can't lie will. to you on Yeah, you, you will. You will. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. You can follow our intern Dan. I was going to ask him a bunch of questions and shit, and then he just like disappeared from the call. <laughs> I, mean, he just I don't have my phone. Did he, te- did he text us? No, I didn't get a message or anything. He might be dead. Uh, well, hopefully he's okay. <laughs> he lives in Florida. You know, who you knows? You never know. Yeah, my, tomorrow we don't see intern, you know, eaten by tiger. <laughs> yeah, building collapsed on him, eaten by tiger. Minority tried to vote near him, so he got caught in the crossfire. You know, Florida things. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. I don't know, whatever. Something about a parade.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com